professional property managers. So excited to share this recording with you from PMLX 2020, featuring Andy Propst, uh, CEO of Home River Group, Doug Bryan, CEO of Mind, M-Y-N-D, and Jen Stoops, EVP of Park Avenue Properties. A fantastic panel talking about the future of property management. And while this was recorded in August of 2020, the things that were talked about are still relevant today, maybe even more relevant today. And you'll hear highlights uh, from across the whole panel, whether it's resident benefits packages, whether it's talking about how, how somebody can become the Amazon of property management and the kind of convenient experience they can create, ideas like fully digital onboarding of clients and a lot of practical leadership lessons about empathy and understanding what's going on and how to lead a company uh, into the innovative cycle that we're going through in property management today. So lots of cool ideas, fantastically credible speakers, really hope you enjoy this episode. Doug, Jen, Andy, please allow me to give you a a brief insufficient introduction uh, and then we'll get into it today. And um, fortunately, so many of the people here know and admire uh, and have followed you for some time. But just for those who who don't know, uh, Jen Stoops is a senior vice president at Park Avenue Properties. She runs the show. They're a multi-market organization uh, running four figures of doors all throughout the Carolinas and Georgia. And uh, anyway, she can share more about uh, her company. But um, you know, I, one of the things I just love about Jen is she's just an amazing human being. And uh, that she's here today with the giving spirit. It just matches the, the spirit of this whole event, being a fundraiser for NARPM and the Alexander Hamilton Scholars Charity. Uh, so Jen, welcome. It's great to see that smile, uh, even if it's digitally and not in person. Doug Bryan is the CEO of Mind, and Doug can wave if you can't see his name. On um, there we go. And uh, Doug, Doug has a, a cool office. It looks like that's the home office, not the Oakland office. I've, I've been to a couple times, but Mind, and that's Mind with a Y, is really an innovative company. But Doug's history even predates Mind, and was part of the founding uh, executive team at Colony Starwood and. Back when SFR was like maybe an idea, not not a proven asset class and all the money that's coming to the asset class now of institutional funds, Doug was really helping pioneer the space for um, for Colony Starwood. And Doug is the uh, CEO at Mind. So Doug, thanks for being with us. Uh, super appreciate you, you being here and excited to hear uh, what you have to share today. And then Andy Props coming over. Uh, let's see, Boise, Idaho. Uh, if you don't know Andy... You know, what you should know is normally he's got at an in-person conference, you'll see an array of amazing three-piece suits, um, which are uh, usually of note. And uh, we try to get him an elephant suit or a purple suit when we can, but he's the only one that gets a three-piece suit uh, because it's his signature outfit. Andy is the CEO at Home River Group that manages, I don't know, 14, 15,000 homes across uh, many, many markets, and many of the Home River Group is actually here with us today, uh, which is great. And um, Andy is has been a past president of NARPM and uh, a huge contributor to the community. So we're excited to have all three of these executives with us today to talk about the future of 
property management. Um, and so we have a couple of questions I'm going to run through and we'll let each of these folks answer um, and go through. And this will inspire a lot of conversation we're going to be having later as small groups. So I encourage you to take notes. We will have some people reflect their top ahas. And if on a sheet somewhere you wanted to, to, to write down, hey, here's my biggest lessons. And then another column, here's some of the action points that maybe I could be taking or things I want to reflect further on um, after this. We'll, we'll have time later today to pick this back up. So first question, I'm going to come to Andy first. We'll go Doug and then Jen. Um, how do you see the landscape shifting for single family rentals? What big trends are you looking at um, as you think about the future and positioning your company where it wants to go? So Andy, we'll come to you first. Good question. Can you hear me first of all? You're good. Um, that's a good question. And it's hard. It's, it, as, of, as, as you guys know, it's really hard to see the future right now. So nobody could have uh, put us in this situation. Nobody could have thought forward and said, hey, we're going to be in a pandemic. We're going to be having all of our conferences via Zoom, right? So, um, you know, it's hard to predict what's going to happen tomorrow, much less what's going to happen five years from now in this industry. So um, I, I feel less like an expert today than I ever have because we have no idea what the future look like, looks like with this pandemic. But what I'm seeing, um, some of the trends, right, especially in the single family space and the multifamily space, as you guys know, our inventory is, is super compressed. Cap rates are compressed. Investors um, want more time and they want less worry. Um, so I think, I think something that's interesting that companies like Roofstock are doing as they're doing these fractional ownership uh, investments in, in single family homes. So um, maybe mom and pop don't get in, but you see a lot of younger generations coming in and maybe they don't want the whole house. Maybe they just have, you know, $10,000 they want to put in and have some fractional ownership. So there are some management opportunities there for us. Um, you know, we're doing a lot of build to rent property, some single family, some multifamily, and we're, we're automatically starting to build in like office and den space into these into these buildings where normally it'd just be a three bedroom two bath because we think that the trend of working from home is going to stick around even after the pandemic um so you know what are what are some value adds that we can put into the into the property because people are staying home more um and how how can we continue to empower the the tenant the tenant wants they're willing to do anything if you give them a digital option to do it, right? So they'll happily fill out an application online, they'll put their maintenance requests online, right? They'll, they'll, they'll pay their rent online. So what are the other kind of touch points that are out there that you can empower the tenant to do? Because they're willing to do it if you make it easy and anxiety free. So um, those are some of the future things that I think are some opportunities for us as property managers to add value uh, to empower the tenant you know, give them a better space to live. And hopefully some, you know, some, sometime soon, the inventory will loosen up um, and we'll have, you know, maybe some more properties to manage. That's, that would be great. And Jen. Yeah. Hey, good morning, everybody. Um, happy to be here with you this morning on a Monday morning, bright early here in California. Um, yeah, so, you know, lots of interesting things happening in our industry. I think um, 
I'll highlight too, um, along the lines of what um, Andy just talked about, build to rent. So back in the early days of SFR when I was at Waypoint Home, so even before Starwood Waypoint, and then I think it was like Colony Starwood, we like played with our naming conventions quite a bit as we consolidated. But back in the very, very early days with Waypoint, you know, it was all about buying foreclosed homes and renovating them and then leasing them. And we kind of went through all the REOs and people started buying some, some new homes. And, you know, it was probably 2011, 2012 and this concept of, you know, B2R, build to rent, like, hey, you know, we now know a lot about the, the, the characteristics, the attributes of a home and a, and a piece of land and a location that works really well for SFR. Why don't we just be intentional about it and start using portions of communities for single family dedicated um, residences? And at first, it, you know, they were scattered throughout communities. And I remember being invited on CNBC at one point with um, Diana Olick. And we actually went out to one of our communities and it was like very much a hot topic. Like the builders were afraid the renters were going to ruin the communities. And I, you know, I pointed around the community and said, you tell me which, which homes are the rentals. It's like, you know, these are people's homes. Yeah. They're renting it instead of owning it, but that's just like a financing decision. Their, their, their choice is really based on their stage of life and they want to be on a home. They want to be at a home. And I was frankly surprised that it didn't take off faster. Like this is, you know, five, six, seven years ago, because I just thought it made a lot of sense to be intentional and to, and to, you know, not just have single family rentals that were dedicated, newly built properties, but actually have communities because it's actually easier. There's efficiencies or economies of scales by, by having a portfolio of homes instead of a portfolio of apartment units. And so that's one of the things that I'm really pleased to see taking off. And if you look at the, the public REITs, like they're very, very focused. It's like, you know, one of the really growing channels. And so I think, you know, as managers, it kind of trickles down from these large public REITs. And now you see other institutional players like focused on how do they buy these um, build to rent communities. And look, a lot of them, you know, don't know how to manage, don't, don't want to manage. And I think that there are some different dynamics, such as the concept of doing a lease up. Like that's not something that, you know, we as SFR managers have to think about a lot. Although in the apartment world, that's, you know, very commonplace. So I think there's some different dynamics to it. And I, I think it's absolutely a, a trend that will continue. And the other one that I think is very um, appropriate today with COVID-19 is, um, you know, having more of a virtual property management service. I think if you look at all the various stakeholders that we interact with and just society worldwide, like we're all trying to, avoid unnecessary contact, right? It's like we all have our own place of equilibrium on the risk and rewards scale and we're, we're all willing to have certain interactions based on our own lifestyle and preferences. But I think the reality is people are trying to have as little interaction as possible. And, you know, with mine being a tech-enabled property management company, meaning that we're really trying to use tech and data to make property management better, we've always kind of leaned in on this. And it's been great because now all of a sudden, a lot of the stakeholders that we work with are a lot more open to it. So the idea of virtual repairs and maintenance, like actually getting a technician on a FaceTime or on, on 
on the phone and having a resident be willing to like do some of the work and fix whatever the issue is. And, you know, we've set internal goals to do X percent of our repairs and maintenance virtually. This is a, a win for everybody. It's getting the problem fixed faster for the resident, avoiding an un, a potentially unnecessary interaction. And for the owners that we represent, we can typically do it for less. And of course, we don't have to send our teams out to people's homes. So that's just, you know, one example, I think we'll probably cover others as this discussion goes along, but we're really looking at how can you make the experience actually better by doing something virtually in a way that actually works? And I think that's a trend for us all to think about. How can we put the puzzle together a little bit differently? Mm -hmm. I, see also, I see so many wheels turning, and it's not just the hamster wheels that are making all these Zoom meetings work together uh, <laughs> to get this uh, everything stitched together the way we do. Things about build to rent and what opportunities there could be for managers, you know, from that, from what you've shared, contactless property management, you know, and what that could mean and really enabling these digital services and how now is such a time of change that a lot of the trends we were seeing are being accelerated. And it's an opportunity to get residents who maybe it took more effort to get them to do something new. Uh, you know, maybe now they're in a position where they're a little more open to change or they can see how the conditions and circumstances, uh, you know, you can help get adoption and things uh, from property owners and residents to move to this digital space. The great shares, guys. And Jen, please bring us home on this question. Anything you have to share on trends that you're looking at and as you're looking to the future, what's going to be important for management companies? I think you're going to see potentially a shift, not only with technology. It's very, very clear that I agree with, with both what Doug and Andy have said there's a shift in technology and property management in general. I think many of us are slower to adopt that, but that's not going away once this is done. So between CE classes, conferences, your team, you're going to see a lot more of that. But I think there's also going to be different opportunities for us as property managers. And, and those things are also going to look a bit different. We've all had to shift how we're handling inspections right now. Um, different technology that we've implemented or that we're using a lot of different FaceTime you know, type showings, if you will, unless you're already doing, uh, you know, self showings, but we've had several where we've done FaceTime type showings for folks um, that, you know, either didn't, aren't in the area right now, or didn't uh, want to come out for a showing, and certainly in-person showings were not, you know, uh, as well received, but you're going to see a, a potentially, I think you're going to see a hybrid model across some of what they're saying with the build to rent space, with some of the larger REITs, small to mid-size investors may still opt to outsource much of their property management, but I think you're going to see opportunities for property managers to have more a la carte services. So you may have an organization that is going to manage rent collections, uh, manage their lease renewal process, but they want a property manager to handle their lease ups or their maintenance issues. Um, you know, so I think you're gonna see some kind of a hybrid there where we may be able as, as property managers to have to look at things that are a little less traditional where we kind of cover the full service gamut or just leasing, and you may be doing pieces of that for uh, clients that you're doing business with. Not fast enough on my mute button there. Jen, thanks. That's really great. Um, man, such a great start. Uh, start to this. I'm excited to get in these next questions. Hey, uh, and actually, Andrew, yeah, can, Andy. I, can we jump in? Like, uh, Jen, Jen just inspired me. Um, 
I, I, I was talking to, I was talking to somebody, I can't remember who I was talking to, but we're, we're talking about how service, how service has changed, right? Over the years. So um, one thing that I look forward to in property management is, is, is this concept that, Hey, the, the, the baby boomers, right? On the weekends, they would, they would wash their cars, right? And change their oil, right? And you have this younger generation that's coming in and taking over for these baby boomers. They're not washing their, their cars. They're going to the car wash and they're taking their car to Jiffy Lube. And so the, the hope is that they say, well, hey, time is my most, impress, my most uh, precious um, you know, commodity out there. And I don't, I don't want to deal with this property management stuff. So I'm going to call guys like Doug or Jen or Andy, and hopefully we're going to see a lot of these because most of these, most of these houses are owned by 60, 70 year old, you know, folks, and they're going to be giving them to these younger generations. So hopefully we're going to see that shift soon. I think that's, that's a big wave and it's a big opportunity for us as property managers. Mm, yeah. The generational and demographic effects and that, that kind of ties in actually this next question, which is not just, you know, what, how do these trends translate into the property owners that we're working with and ultimately what they want from a management company, but also the rental experience and the residents, the demographics and what you're noticing about what's shifting and what they want uh, and what they're ultimately demanding, you know, from the kind of experience to earn their attention and earn their business. So let me come to, to Jen first on that. What future do you see, Jen, for what residents want from their rental experience? Well, you're seeing a lot of products out there now that offer like no security deposit. So there's, there's products that as property managers, we can invest in that would cover a security deposit for a resident. So um, in order to be competitive, because I think we're going to see a lot more tenants coming. Inventory is kind of low right now, but you're going to see a lot more residents coming. And so what differentiates you or your firm that makes them want to rent from you? Resident benefit packages. And I know there's going to be a lot of conversation over the next couple of days about resident benefit packages. Happy tenants stays. Happy tenants make happy clients. And so it's a win all the way around. So the trends are shifting from, you know, kind of being solely client focused and being very tenant focused, tenant retention focused, um, anything that's easy, convenient, quick, and immediate is what tenants are looking for. And, and always, this never changes. It's all about communication. So making sure that they are always in the loop, always in the know, uh, but you're seeing different products out there, different benefit packages that can be offered to them. Um, anything that enhances technology, that they can do things quicker, better, faster, immediately, that's what we're gonna see moving forward. Yeah, the importance of speed and, and on demand. Love that, Jen. Um, Doug, any quick thoughts on just what you see as a future for what people want from their rental experience? A couple key things. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because, you know, I, I co-founded um, Waypoint Homes in 2009. And this is one of like the most central questions I've really thought about now for almost, you know, or a little bit more than 10 years. And that's, you know, at Waypoint Homes, what we were originally doing is we were buying these foreclosed homes. Again, we were renovating them. And then we, we started out by hiring third-party property management companies that could never find a company to do it as well as we wanted to do it. So we decided to build our own property management company. And what it really came down to was this realization that we were buying houses, but the onus of turning that house into a home, which is an entirely different thing than house, really 
is up to the property management company, right? It's like, what's the experience that you envelope that house in that truly makes it a home? And I think that's one of the, the that's really the noble cause of the property manager in this ecosystem is turning houses into homes. Well, how do you do that? It's about an experience. And where my head goes is really using as many modern tools as, as possible. And so I'd say we got into this a little bit at Waypoint Homes and now at Mind we're going deep into it. And that's using modern systems and feedback loops and, and data to help our teams get better. So NPS, Net Promoter Score, that's like a customer service score that you know is used across all industries. And I think you know we all know if we're intellectually honest that property management has not been a an industry that's had high NPS scores historically. You know the average for the industry is seven, where you know you get it to the Apples and the Southwest Airlines are like you know seventy plus. So aspirationally, like that's where we'd like to be. So how do you become better? NPS is kind of like a, a broad question, you know, would you refer X company to a, a friend, but you can get more granular with CSAT score. So customer satisfaction scoring and, and having and leveraging systems that, that measure or give your customers or stakeholders the ability to give you feedback on every single touch point. So we're measuring every touch point we have with our residents, with prospects around leasing, with owners. And what that allows is basically those stakeholders to measure us on a score of one to five and to give us a little bit of feedback. And so we compensate our team. We give feedback for our team. We work with our technology teams to develop better tools to, to you know, make a process more efficient based on this data that we get. And so what we're trying to build at Mind is a a um, culture that's constantly trying to improve and get better and to raise the bar on that experience that that residents want. And I think what Andy said is exactly right. Like we want them giving us more, but I think the reality is like we have to earn it as an industry. We have to earn it as individual companies by delivering that, that better service that, you know, makes it a no brainer to hire us instead of doing it themselves, which, you know, if you look at the industry, it's still, I mean, I haven't seen perfect data, but roughly a third of owners hire a property management company and two thirds do it themselves. That's with like small owners. So like, can we have the inverse of that at some point where two thirds are hiring us and a third choose to do it themselves because we're delivering such a great service? Mm, that's right. And not getting there just on the trend alone, you know, how are we earning the opportunity, right, to attract and differentiate ourselves, show the value that professional management brings to more of those people. Thanks, Doug. Andy, you're welcome to follow up on this or get into some of the tactical stuff around, you know, move in, move out, turn, uh, inspection, evaluation, how you see that, that working. Um, honestly, I could just let you guys go and talk. you could talk to each other. I just get out of the way. I'll touch on it real quick, but um, first, I didn't get a chance to say thank you to, to you, uh, uh, Second Nature, especially you, Andrew, for hosting this. I, I went right into answering the question because my ADD, I would have forgot the question by uh, thanking you. This is, this is an awesome thing you guys are putting together with NARPM. Uh, we appreciate all you do for the industry. It's amazing what you guys do. But going back to the question, which I think I remember, which is awesome, uh, you know, what is, what is it going to look like for 
the, the residents going forward. So when, I, uh, when I'm on it, the internet late at night and I'm searching for something I'm, I'm trying to buy, right? I might find it in a, in a regular search, a Google search, and it might be at a different, it might be at a, a random website. Uh, and what I do when I find out a random website, I go right to Amazon and then I buy it at Amazon, right? Because why do, why do we do that? Uh, because working with Amazon is really easy. So, you know, we had a vision at our company as we want to be the Amazon property management. And we want people to be able to find whatever they need, but then come back to us because we're just easy to deal with. Um, Amazon has the fewest anxiety touch points, right? So if you look at the, you, you know, the, the buying and returning of a product that you buy at Amazon, right? Buying it is easier. It's easiest to buy and it's the easiest to return. So how do we get our move in, right? Which is the buy and our move out, which is the return. Perfect. Anxiety free. I think whoever can do that can basically become the Amazon of property management um, because there's so many touch points, uh, which kind of leads into your next question, I think, Andrew. And how do you get it? How do you get how do you see those touch points, understand where the anxieties happen within those touch points, and take, I don't know how you get the resources that Amazon has, but uh, alleviate those, those anxieties through um, the technology. So that's, that's where I can see potentially property management going. But there's, if you just look at our industry in general, depending on, and it's so fragmented from different state to different state, and how we do things so much differently you know, how can we simplify it, eliminate those anxiety touch points and make it more like an Amazon experience? I think that's what our consumers are wanting, our renters are wanting. Uh, they don't, they don't want to deal with the hassle of, you know, picking up the phone, talking to somebody, having to call in three or four times asking where their application is, um, and then wondering what's going on with their move-out deposit, right? Amazon, every time something changes or there's any information they just flood you with the communication that you need to know exactly where your package is, when it's going to arrive, and they take a picture of it or, or whatever. So, um, you know, that Amazon experience and property management, I think it's, I think it's out there and I think it, we will get there. Uh, you know, just who's going to get there first is the big question. Andrew, can I, do you mind if I piggyback on Andy's comment? Please. I think it's a great one. And there's this quote I love. And ever since COVID, I've been using it, probably overusing it. If you ask people of mind, it's a Winston Churchill quote, never waste a good crisis. So, you know, what we are in right now is a crisis. How are we all interacting in a very virtual way? And so I think what's super interesting about the Amazon analog is what Amazon has done better than anyone else is made self-serve not just good, but great. Like try to call Amazon, try, like it's really hard. Like I know people who have done it, who've had the patience to like navigate and find it. And the, and the reason that they make it so hard is because, and why it's still okay. And it's still that great resource that we all go to is because it's so easy to self serve. Now, if you look at property management, I could make the argument, we've been virtually the complete antithesis. It's like opposite of self-service. Like, no, I want, I want my property manager and I want to see you at the property. I want you to know, move and I want you there holding my hand. I want, I want someone on the phone. I want to talk to you, right? And it's like the reality, like we know as, as professionals, like 
there are actually better ways to get the job done. And I think what we have here with COVID is it's an opportunity. Like everybody now is like, has no choice but to be virtual. I just went through this experience moving my daughter into her new college apartment. Property manager was there. Like we were literally trying to minimize the time. He's like, you want me to walk you through all the move-in checklists? I'm like, you know what? We got the, the checklist. I have a phone. I'll send you an email. I'll take pictures. Like we just rather like minimize our, our time with you. And I'm sure, you know, I can tell with the mask you have around your face, like you do as well. And so it's like, we had a perfectly great moving experience on our own with a phone and a camera. So I think there's all kinds of opportunities for us to reimagine all these touch points and figure out how to make it self-serve. We are right now, like we have this grand vision of having uh, an owner onboarding that's self-serve. Imagine that. Like, what would that take for someone who's late at night searching, searching on Google, wherever it is, they find, you know, XYZ property management company, they can learn enough, have enough of an experience with all different kinds of technology, testimonials, uh, ratings, to be comfortable to start to go through a process of actually like deciding to do business with you and onboard. Now, what percentage are going to choose to do that? low percentage but over time like could we as an in industry make all these like really hard painful experiences more easy like amazon does i think you know that's a real aspiration that we have and i think amazon is a great example of a company who's like invested a ton and done a remarkable job of making it easy i'm sure when uh, self-service gas pumps were you know brand new yeah that a lot of people were saying, no, 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 I want someone to come and pump this yeah, for me and do, do this for me. me. And then, uh, and then grocery stores were right. Seeing more and more people migrate. And so, you know, the picture of the future isn't how many people are doing it right now, but the, is that where the puck is going? And if that's where the puck is going, can we help lead that and offer that and nurture that and show people the way to get there and clear that path? So it's as easy as possible to get there. Yeah, um, and I think awesome it, it, importantly, just to add in, it's like, it's not about doing it in the name of better gross margins for us. It's about like studying the experience. Like, what do people care about? What are the things that need to be done? How can you reorganize things and use technology to actually make it better? Mm -hmm. That's the art. Awesome. Awesome. Jen, I'd like to come to you just in case, because I know you've got things like welcome baskets and all kinds of creative stuff you guys have done. Um, you know, when you think about, you know, what kind of practices around the key touch points of move in, move out, inspection, maintenance, you know, how do you see those evolving over time and ultimately impacting the experience uh, for residents, property owners, and the reputation of a property manager and ultimately what they're there to do? It's interesting because these guys both touched on it already. There's, there's, if, if the pandemic has taught us anything, it's how to shift and shift quickly. Um, and in property management, let's face it, that is not easy to do. Um, most property managers, property management firms are resistant to change. It's comfortable. It's, we, it, the, the cardinal rule in our office is never say the phrase, we've always done it that way. That it just, you can't keep that as your mindset. So there are a lot of things we actually were slowly starting to sort of migrate towards um, that the pandemic kind of pushed us into having to do. One, um, our field inspectors cannot stand it. 
when a tenant is hovering over them at a move in or a move out. It drives them crazy. And so we were already starting to move to a shift of um, creating videos and inspections that our team does that are uploaded into the tenant's portal. And the tenant has a period of time where they've got a format as well that they can report things back to us if something shows up within their first 48 hours of getting there. Um, and this way, we can keep production going. You're not worrying about missed appointments. You don't have somebody hovering over you. That was prior to now us having to worry about contact less you know, move-ins, move-outs, and all of that. So um, we saw it with showings some years ago where more and more people were shifting towards. So it's kind of one step at a time. Our industry is starting to move towards the advances in technology and more um, automation of things. And the pandemic has forced us into that a bit more. Um, I think you're going to see more and more and more of that going along. Both Andy and, and Doug, you know, used Amazon as, as a great um a great example, how can you create a process where uh, a resident can log in and see where the status is of their application? Is it still in processing? What's the recommendation for it? Um, where, what's the status of their maintenance request? You know, and, and that actually for us has gotten a lot better with the use of technology, automation of scheduling. We've gone from probably three days of phone back and forth uh, with tenants and vendors to probably less than three hours um, with the use of different technology that we've implemented for maintenance requests. Um, billing from the vendor is automated as well. I mean, as soon as they're done with the job, they can upload their photos, create their invoice, and you're done. We used to have to chase vendors down for their invoicing some time ago. And, you know, you want to get that stuff billed within 30 days. Um, showings, you know, with the use of various electronic boxes and, and different software programs that are out there. You can always see who's going in and out. You pre-qualify them before they even go. Um, so there already are a lot of things that are moving in that direction. But I think our industry has been very slow to sort of begin to shift a little bit harder that way until now. Um, I think you'll start to see those things rapidly uh, changing in, in, in a fashion because you get a pandemic once, you never know when it's going to happen again. And to Doug's point, out of every difficult situation comes opportunity. So it's just a matter of how you go capture it, find it, and figure out how to utilize it in your business. But I'd love to see our industry shift a bit more into a customer service base, you know, but user-friendly, automated, more efficiencies, um, where people can self-serve a little bit more. I don't think, I think people worry that will eliminate us as property managers. Somebody still has to manage all that stuff and make sure it works properly. You still have to have a level of customer service, but I do think we're going to see shifting in that direction. Jen, thanks. And I'm actually going to stick with you, Jen, for this. I want to get this last question where we can get a couple minutes from each of you before I do one lightning round quick question at the end here. And then we're going to get our whole audience into an active learning cycle is what we call it, where they're actually going to kind of debrief some of the top insights of what they learned from all of you and reflect back uh, some of this to us. And we'll share it with you. If we can't get it here into stage, we'll, we'll get it shared with you, what people are taking away from this. So Jen, the last question I want to come with you with, and you alluded to some of this earlier of resident benefit package and no security deposit and things like that. Um, what are some of the biggest opportunities you see? for value creation in management that it doesn't exist or barely exists today. You know, it's, um, you know, new business models potentially, or even ways of monetizing the business. We're looking for a couple of ideas here on 
you know, what property owners will want, which we've been talking about, residents will want, and are there new ways of actually organizing or creating value uh, that are emerging or that you could see emerging over the years to come? And we won't hold you to it. So feel free to, uh, to you know, place a bet. You're not 100% and we want to hear, want to hear a couple things. Uh, from your client perspective, our industry um, historically has kind of one property manager managing a portfolio of properties. And so they're the main point of contact and, and so on. And I guarantee everybody that's done property management has gone through this at some point in time or multiple times um, before they kind of scratch their head and go, okay, we got to make a change here. What happens when that one property manager goes out on vacation or God forbid does not work at your organization ever, anymore? And then you have everybody else trying to jump in and figure out how to basically put out the fires and handle emergency stuff while you go find somebody new to then drink out of a fire hose to take on that portfolio. So redundancy, cross-training, um, you know, setting up your team, we sort of have a hybrid between portfolio and departmental. Um, in our organization. Uh, we have not gone fully departmental because we've all talked about it already. While we're not there yet, I think we are shifting in a direction where um, you won't have clients necessarily going, I have to speak to Jen. I have to speak to Andrew. They're willing to talk to whomever because they recognize the organization is such that there's multiple people within that group that can help them. It's not just one person anymore. Um, that shift is changing, but we have sort of a hybrid model. So we've got redundancy amongst our teams. You've got to have that redundancy um, in order to protect yourself. So if person A isn't there, person B can help pick that up. That's, that's huge. That was a game changer for us when we decided to shift that model from just a single property manager managing one portfolio of properties. That one was, was one of our biggest changes, and we did that a few years ago. Um, resident benefit packages, we're talking about it more and more and more. You're going to see a trend of a lot more. I think the pandemic has also, uh, you're going to see a lot of investors coming out. I don't know where we're going to find the inventory, but rent to build is, is certainly one of them. But you're going to see a lot more investors. The market's going to change a bit. Um, but you're also going to see a lot more folks continuing to want to rent for the same reasons. They're going to have those that are going to be risk takers that are going to want to go invest in real estate. You're going to have others that are like, I don't know what's going to happen and when the shoe's going to fall again. So I want to rent for a while. And they have the ability to shift quicker. Um, it's never you know, easy to get out of your lease, but in the mindset, it's a lot easier if you have to take a job across the country uh, to shift out of a lease than a home that you might own right now. So I think you're going to see a trend there. So that's going to mean opportunities for us. And how do we keep tenants happy? Happy tenants stay longer and unless they have to relocate. Maintenance, we all know maintenance is the number one reason tenants don't stay. If they're dissatisfied with how maintenance went throughout their term, it's a customer service issue. If they move in at the beginning and things don't go well, you already probably eliminated 50% of the people that will renew with you. So things like resident benefit packages, things that we can do to keep the tenant experience at the highest level. We do the same as Doug was speaking of. There's, there's very little that does not get tracked um, from a survey perspective with our residents. From the moment they move in, within a week, they're getting called. Actually, they get called prior to moving in to see if they have everything they need to move in. Then they get called after they move in. They probably get sick of hearing us. And then and some of this is automated as well. Some are, are touch points in person. Some are touch points via automation. Every maintenance request. 
um, there's a survey afterwards. So that not only helps us make sure that the resident is happy, one, we know the job got done, it got done well, and it keeps us tracking our vendors also. So all of that ties together. Everything that we can do to continue to make the resident experience better, then it keeps your, your owners happy. So you're retaining your clients as well. So it comes full circle. Awesome. I'm going to come to Andy and then Doug. We'll give you guys a couple minutes each on this question. Then I've got a lightning round question. Sure. I'll be quick. Um, I think it's, I think it's crazy, right? So if, if, if somebody wants to log into their portfolio of, of investments then go to TD Ameritrade and, you know, type in their password and get on and see, you know, what their value of their investment is right, right now, every, every second it's updated, you know, from 8 AM to 5 PM Monday through Friday. I think it's crazy that we don't have something like that for our investors, right? So we know what the cap rates are in the markets. We know, we know what their NOI is, right? Um, so we, we have everything we need to know for them to log on and see, hey, this is, this is my property. Here's my income and expense analysis uh, based, based on that number that changes on a monthly basis or as, as we update it uh, you know, daily in their portal that they can see, hey, this property's worth this much today. It was worth this much last month. It's worth, it's, we project it to be this much next month. And by the way, you can click this button to sell it, or you can click this button to buy more, um, just like you would when you're logging on your TD Ameritrade account, right? I think, I think we need to make buying and selling real estate assets, either fractionally, fractionally or full assets, just as easy as going in and buying and selling stocks. And if we can do that, I think more people would happily get into doing this and make it, make it more, make real estate more uh, uh, in, uh, an investment in their portfolio. Yeah. yeah. It's just too much work, you know, buying and selling stocks. It's pretty easy to do owning property. It's, it's hard sometimes it's really freaking hard sometimes. So how can we make it just as simple as buying and selling stocks? If, if I actually talked to our, our software company about this, a couple of years ago, why couldn't, why can't we have some type of a, you know, a, a, a line graph or bar graph of the value of the property over time? And when is the best time to sell it? Uh, we have all that information to make those type of analysis and recommendations, but we don't, we just don't have the technology to do it. So I think that's, I think that's going to happen. Um, I'd love to be able to do that, but you know, I just don't have the, the tech skills to do it. You know, Andy, it's funny that you say that one of the things that we do, would, you know, all of us probably would agree, you have one client has a, a major maintenance issue and all of a sudden, seven years worth of owning that property doesn't exist anymore. And they're like, oh my gosh, this property has never made me any money. And so one of the things we started doing about a year ago um, is when we have a situation where somebody's thinking of selling their property or they feel like, you know, you kind of have those red flag warnings, there may be a potential termination coming, we go ahead and do an analysis of their time with us and show them what, because they don't, they don't often see that. And this is, you're talking the individual homeowners, you know, not obviously, you know, institutional has their own set. They're watching that like hawks. We all need to be more like institutional, watching that like hawks for our clients. I've learned so much managing for institutional investors that we have then implemented to our private retail clients. And, it, and it's been amazing to just be able to give them the data. They, they don't know what they don't know. Um, and if we have somebody that's selling, we market it out throughout our own investors first. Yeah. We have thousands of investors that we're already managing for. 
And that has been amazing. Something so simple, such low-hanging fruit, when you hear, because there's various reasons, especially with the pandemic, that people need to sell right now, they may need to liquidate. So why not be able to retain that property and sell it to another one of your investors who's potentially looking to buy more? And you'd be amazed how many of them come out of the woodwork. It's, it's been awesome. Yeah, asset, asset management approach versus property management, you know, that you're, you're not just managing the, the toilets, the tenants, and the trouble, right? You're managing their, fi- their financial future. Uh, and you're taking it on personally. Hey, I want to make sure this is good for you now. And, and by the way, you can, you can go in and see what's going on, right? Because we do that same analysis, but it takes a lot of time. You've got to pull down their stairs, go back. But the technology is there. We can click one button and say, here's what's going on with your property. That's we just right. the technology today. It should be simple, but it's not. Nope. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, Tenants, toilets, and troubles. I know somebody wrote down those three T's. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Uh, Doug, I'd love to come to you and get your perspective on this before we uh, wrap it up and get everyone into an activity. Yeah, so it's a great question. Um, I think what I'm going to say really piggybacks on what Jen and Andy just talked about. And the way I think about it is it's the advent of the real estate platform. You know, I think as, as property managers – we need to, and we all probably want to change the, the conversation. The way I think about it is, look, I don't want to be your property manager. I think there's a certain um, way of thinking that goes along with that. What I want to be is your in- investment partner. I think if you're talking to someone as an investment partner, it's a very different conversation. And I go back to my days at Waypoint where, you know, for seven and a half years, we had this this real estate platform. We were, you know, First, it was um, high net worth individuals, institutional capital. Ultimately, we ran a public REIT for two years, and we made a lot of money for you know, large institutional investors. Our vision with Mind is to bring those same capabilities to individual retail investors and to have one connected platform that does the property management. We started with property management because in the entire real estate ecosystem, that's the most enduring relationship And it's where all the activity happens. It's where the data resides. Once you have that trust from that relationship that you have as a property manager, and you have all this powerful data, you're in a very interesting position to stand back and have a very different conversation around, to Andy's point, what are your investment goals? You know, what are you looking for? Appreciation? Are you looking for current returns? Like we're in 21 different markets right now. You know, I get Andy's emails once a week and I bring my little 11 year old son who I'm teaching to invest and I'll, you know, like, Hey, let's underwrite this one in Idaho. I love Idaho and the Boise area. So we like underwrite his deals, but I love it. It's like as property managers, you know, we're changing the conversation. Yes, we manage. Yes, we manage the three T's. Like that's the execution. Somebody's got to do it. We're all in on going deep, on building tools, getting better and better at that. But what we also want to do is understand what your investment goals are, be able to help you buy, insure, finance, everything that you need to execute a successful um, investment strategy that that makes sense for you. And I'm seeing more and more property management companies expand their offering. I think technology is a huge piece of it. Like how do you have all the data in one system so you can, you know, you know what someone needs in terms of insurance. You know the financing that makes sense. 
we've had this unbelievable campaign in the last couple of weeks where we um, asked people if they wanted us to look at their insurance policy and see if we can do better. Like we have this blanket policy. We know on average we can get them more insurance for 25% less than they're paying today because of scale. And so we're having those conversations and we had like over a month waiting list, you know, to have those, those meetings. So I really think to both what Jen and Andy are saying, and it's, you know, great and refreshing to be on a panel with two such progressive property management companies. This is what people want. It's not about like improving our economics, although it does and it will. It's about what do investors really want? And what I think is, you know, a property manager is like a necessary evil. An investment partner is indispensable. So how can we make ourselves investment partners and in, in bring modern tools to bear to, to make it as easy and simple, to make it as easy as trading a stock? Because we could talk for another hour about why real estate. Like to me, the risk reward after tax returns of real estate are way, way more compelling than, buy, than investing in the, stock, in the stock market. How do we help average Americans build their wealth at a faster pace with less risk through real estate by making it a lot less difficult? Yeah. To me, that's, that's the exciting opportunity. That's what gets me out of bed every morning excited to continue to do what we're doing with Mind. Mm, wow, awesome. So cool. Um, I almost don't want to ask the lightning round question because these are such good, uh, such good perspectives um, you know, to end on, but I, I'm going to risk it and take a chance anyway. So I'm just going to ask you guys in a sentence or two, um, either A, something that you're just burning about like, Oh my gosh, if we could have taken four hours, we could have kept this panel going. I'm sure any one of you talking about the future of property management, where you see things going, we could have had a longer conversation, but it was great to get uh, all of your perspectives and see where they, they differed and were, were often shared and validated, corroborated. But here's what I'd like to ask. If there's anything in a sentence or two that you'd like to offer to people as, Hey, something I was burning to share, but didn't get it to share or B giving you an option just how you're feeling about the future and why in a couple of sentences, what you think about when you look to the future, how do you feel about it for the industry uh, of property management? And then uh, I'll have one final thought and hand it over to Adair. So Jen, let me come to you first sentence or two, Andy. Um, I'm excited actually about the future of property management and, and Andy and I have been in this industry in, in the single family space, much smaller than, than initially, you know, Andy was kind of like how we were much smaller firm at the time. Now, now more in the realm of where, where Doug is at, but, um, property management is very slow to shift gears. And so I'm excited to see that this is kind of forced, uh, our hand to move in that direction. Um, you kind of have folks that are either outside of the box thinkers or you have folks that are, um, this is the way we've always done it thinkers. And so I think you're seeing more people shift towards the, this is how we've always done it. But I also agree with Doug. Uh, the other part that gets me excited is, and, and we, we do this uh, in our firm, we focus on the asset management. We don't talk about property management itself a whole lot because property management to me, uh, to Doug's point, is it does come across as a necessary evil. It's almost like a cuss word. People don't want to say, it's like, oh God, I got to call my property manager. Um, so we're trying to change that. We're like the, the communication from our organization to our clients is not, 
oh God, I got to hear from my property manager. We're having good communication. So I'm excited about the shift and where it's trending in the future of where property management is going. And I do think a huge trend of that where you're going to see more and more people investing in real estate is the fractional ownership. I think that's going to be on the rise and I think it's going to be huge. Awesome. Andy, a couple sentences about how you're feeling about the future of property management. Then Doug. I, 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 I don't optimistic guy just in general um you know but just on the on the concern side i i worry about uh the culture right of of having us potentially have a lot of a lot of more of our folks working from home and it's hard it's hard to get a culture together when you're in in multiple markets but it, it, it even makes it more difficult um and you guys at second nature filter easy um that's that's your that's your brand right your culture what you guys do um and so i i probably put the question back on you guys what what are you doing to keep that dynamic culture going from home and keeping everybody excited and accountable so the two the two things i i i believe is uh as far as concern about property management going forward is uh culture and accountability those things are hard to keep uh, going when everybody's working from home. Um, so that's, 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 that's a thing that keeps me up at night. Uh, everyone here who leads a team, I'm sure they can relate to what you're expressing there, Andy. So thanks for that. And I know they can't wait for Susan Scott. Rather, they don't want to hear from the filter people, although we're proud of the culture we have and we built. They probably want to hear from best-selling author Susan Scott, who will have uh, teeing things up tomorrow morning. So uh, that's great. And that'll be addressed in the event. So thanks, Andy. Doug, look into the future. How do you feel? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm like these two. I'm, I'm just inherently optimistic. And, you know, what always gets me exciting is learning and growing. And there's really two things that I think about every day. And these are very hard, um, but I think it's a real opportunity for growth. I think it's really, really needed. Um, and all of us run companies, which means we're responsible for other people's lives and their, their portfolios, their life savings. And to me, it's um, empathy and transparency. Like these are, these are unprecedented hard times. Like I'm here in the Bay Area and it's like, you know, there's COVID-19, there's social unrest, there's economic upheaval now we have smoke like we can't even go like our salvation used to be able to go outside like i can barely go outside it's so smoky here it's like insane this is like emotionally taxing on people and everybody in their different way so i think learning to have empathy for others and their and their situation like that's a that's something like i'm excited about growing in that way and then transparency like this relates to technology and kind of what we're doing but i think along with empathy it kind of goes hand in hand like the more you can just be transparent with your people with your team like we now do we call it top of mind every single week well actually it was every week we've moved to every other week it's like open my questions i tell them a hundred percent the truth like we laid off 50 people at one point like the hard truth about what i'm thinking what we're doing what's happening with the company with the industry to the best of my ability and we also really try to do that with our owners like look rents in san francisco they're down 10 percent, and they're falling more like you can hold out for that higher rent but like if i were you i would get in front of the curve and you know knock 300 bucks off your rent and get this thing full now because 
people, it's a mass exodus from San Francisco. So lots of different examples of how this um, is relevant in deep, different people's lives. But like, I'm excited about learning these two skills, really, I think of empathy and just being more transparent. And it's been helpful in terms of, you know, getting us and me through this crisis. Awesome. Well, I know people can't wait to hear the radical uh, transparency that is Chris Lockhead, who is our keynote coming up uh, shortly. And to keep us on time, I'm going to hand it over to Adair, who's going to share with our audience what we're going to do next. But I, I just want to personally reflect back to all of you that this was amazing. I've got a million notes over here on all kinds of like construction paper and stuff like this, but uh, I'm sure people at home have a ton of notes. And I just think about that journey of the peaks and the valleys uh, for a property owner and a resident that you guys were talking about. And how do we eliminate these valleys and how do we create more of these peaks and how do we make it easy like Amazon? And how do we do that with transparency and how do we do that with empathy and how do we do this in a way that allows us to differentiate and flip the curve from one third managed to two thirds professional managed in the United States. And we know that you guys are a huge part of that leadership effort and that the ultimately all of the people on this group are going to be a huge part of that leadership effort over the years and decade to come. So that's all for today's episode of the triple win. Hope you enjoyed this recording that we released from PMLX 2020. And if you like what you heard here, then we fully expect you can be confident. You're really going to enjoy what we've got lined up for PMLX 2021. We've got Chris Voss, FBI hostage negotiator, uh, best-selling author, sold millions of copies of his book, Never Split the Difference. We're going to be featuring him and we think you will really like what he has to say and share. Uh, we know many of you are fans of him and his work already. We're totally excited about that. And in addition, uh, we're going to have another future of property management a panel featuring industry experts, executives from the industry on what they see for the future of the industry we all share and are collaborating on together as a professional property management industry. You're going to hear uh, from specific industry experts on specific topics like running high impact uh, Zoom calls, leadership best practices within your team to influence change and manage your team and what that's like in 2021 it's changed a lot since even just 2011. So you're going to hear that and much, much more. You can go to pm-exchange.com to find out more information about the event, August 24th, 2021. Uh, be sure to sign up and 100% of the proceeds of this event go to charity. So we hope to see you there. We're looking forward to supporting a great cause. Over 300 of your peers have already registered. We're already past last year's number by the time you're listening to this. And uh, very stoked to have another uh, fantastic event. This was rated a 9.9 .9 out of 10 by the attendees last year. We're, we're seeking to do that or better, shooting for a 10 out of 10 this year. Hope to see you there, pm-exchange.com. Take care.